Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Good morning, good morning. This is Dr. Janie Lacey, your resident licensed psychotherapist. And as we think about just our, our new day, I always think about 
my own life and reflecting on my own journey. And today, as you begin your new life, because I believe each and every day is another opportunity. We're all breathing. So it is a new day. It's a new moment. And we can start and, and really do things differently as we move forward. And as Rocky so eloquently showed us how we can integrate our old self, our lessons, our experiences to really create a life that we want to wake up to each and every morning. So today, as you begin your new life on this new day, this is a new moment, is a new opportunity. Think about this very moment. For some of you who haven't even started your day yet, you don't know what the day is going to hold, but it is a new opportunity. I want you to reflect. I want you to reflect. So today will be very, very different than your yesterday. So just want you to reflect for a moment in the world of emotions and feelings. How able are you to identify your feelings? Just want you to think about that. How able are you to identify your feelings? How able are you to accept how you feel? How able are you to express how you feel? How able are you to identify when you are denying yourself for the sake of others. We heard that interwoven in Rocky's life story and changing that and becoming and living the life that she wanted to live. And how easy it is it, how easy is it for you to set boundaries? So I'm gonna talk a little bit about boundaries this morning because we need those boundaries as we create and walk out a very different today than we did yesterday. But first I wanna share with you a few things. And then I do wanna hear from, from you. So I do wanna hear your voice, because I believe when we share our story and we share our experiences, we inspire other people in their life to create their new day. But I'm in the world of emotions and feelings and mental health and mental wellness. And you know, our emotions allow us to identify where we are in our life. So as we take a, a present day assessment inventory right in this moment, as we create our new, think about our emotions as helping us navigate this world. And I think of it as almost like a, a rudder to what a rudder does for a boat, right? Without that ability to identify and accept and express our emotion, many wounded adults, or I can even say adult children, they send them underground. Well, what do you mean, Janie? What, what does that mean? So where is this underground system? Each and every single one of us have had it, or we still do. It's just we're unaware that we're unaware. So think about our emotions as our language. I'm going to give you some basic definitions so you're operating with knowledge. Our emotions are that language of our thoughts, and they become impressed upon our bodies, right? There's a book, a Hallmark book, that I love his teachings, Vanderkolt, the body keeps the score. But they become impressed upon our body and our bodies carry that language of our emotions by the way we feel. So if we've grown up, think about this as you reflect for a moment, if we've grown up in families with parents who possessed zero to few coping skills or had low self-esteem or they had some type of personality or mental health issues, Potentially, we've become denied the right to process our own emotions. 
right? So back then it wasn't our fault, but we have to kind of think about where do we learn the things that we learned from so that we can break free of that and create something new. Unlearn so that we can relearn. But when we think about your journey or even the kids in the world that are growing up in abusive homes or growing up in environments where their parents or caregivers are less than capable or ill-equipped with the skills and the tools that they have, it's not their fault. And at that age, it's not your fault, you know, because our parents are our role models for how to feel and how to think and how to relate to the self and to the world around us. And when we think about our worldview, the way we view the world was a result of our worldview as a child, but we're no longer children. So for example, if mommy and daddy, if they raged rather than expressed emotions, think about what you learned about your emotional world growing up and they raged rather than expressed emotions logically, our internal world as a little girl, little boy, view of negative emotions is bad, right? So my mom or dad, when they would get angry, I would feel scared. So then you would think it as a negative emotion as bad. So if mommy or daddy pretended like life was fine, even though they fought and had financial trouble and were battling addictions, we can also learn to believe we should bury our emotions underground, right? That's where that underground system comes from. So a little reflection, just thinking about it for this moment as you reflect, how were painful emotions addressed in your family? Were you permitted to ask questions? I know I wasn't. <laughs> were you free to express your opinions or your concerns? Did you feel visible or invisible? Did you have someone you can talk to about your internal world of emotions, fears, or dreams, or did you feel alone? I know for me, it was my sister. I have a sister who's three years younger than me, who are still close to this day. But who was that for you as you're growing up in those younger years? Were you taught that if, were you taught that it was safer to disconnect from your internal world and instead focus on the moods and needs and temperaments of others? I know for me, I grew up being called sneaky and selfish and ungrateful. So by the time that I was 12, I had decided I needed to appear to, to appear to be tough around others and especially my mom. But what I didn't know then <laughs> was my anger was not an emotion. Think about this. My anger was not emotion. Instead, it was my shield. So when you think and you reflect on how you react or perhaps used to react, right? We want to learn those lessons so that we are aware. So when it shows up again, we can relearn a different way of being. Because it, I know for me, it's taken me, I'll even say decades to wrap my mind around, around how I ended up in severely toxic codependent relationships, depressed at times and poor health, angry, frustrated, and utterly exhausted because I had no clue. I was unaware. I was unaware. <laughs> right? So if we're unaware, we're unaware. I mean, we could do a whole another masterclass on how to become aware of the things that you're unaware of um, and how they wreak havoc on your life. Because we all have these unconscious programs. And I know for me, these unconscious programs were running my entire life at one point. So I had to become conscious. I would not have married my ex-husband. I, <laughs> I would have honored the red flags along the way. And I would not have rushed my early fears about our relationship underground. I would have understood that being raised by unrecovered adult children of alcoholics, my father was an alcoholic, 
had conditioned my subconscious mind to believe falsehoods. How have you believed falsehoods? There could be in the crevices of your life, things that you're still unaware of. But we look at the things that keep showing up in our life that are here to teach us. So I would have learned <laughs> going back now, right? We have these conversations uh, with our younger self or our earlier self. You know, I would have learned to heal my life by honoring the experiences of the past as opposed to having those unconscious experiences run my life. One way we can honor and not stay stuck is we create different experiences by integrating and learning from those lessons and staying aware of them. Because if they were in our downloads, just like in computer, in our younger years or experiences, they can still be operating in the background unless we bring them to the surface and become conscious of them so that we can truly, truly walk out a different life. So I know for me, if, had I not been verbally and emotionally abused as a child, I would have learned to sit with my painful emotions rather than deny them out of the fear that I was wrong or bad or crazy or feeling that I was, or feeling what I was feeling, right? Kids were seen and not heard in my, in my life, in my story. So I would have known that my emotions were trying to help me make the right choices for myself. Right? Your emotions are here to help you make the right choices for yourself. But if we haven't learned to embrace our feelings, the good, the bad, the negative, all of those things, become aware of why they're showing up and use them as powerful forces today. We can try to suppress them. When we try to suppress the negative emotions, we also suppress the good stuff. We stay in neutral. We stay detached. We stay disassociated. All the stuff that kind of runs in the background. So as a recovering, I'm going to use the word codependent, you know, back in the day, you know, when I think about my own download, I had been groomed to believe my value was tied to how well I took care of others. If others approved of me, I believed that that meant I was good. I became a little robot to want to please my mommy. I was externally focused and detached from myself and lived my life looking for ways to be needed by others. Right? And I can share this with you because I'm very much aware of that program and how it didn't serve me. <laughs> so as many, you know, we're going to use the word codependence do. I married someone who withheld love and validation and affection and had his own addictions. So it was the norm to chase. You know, I got married young, in the early 20s. I look back now, I'm like, no, don't do it. 21, you're too young. <laughs> it was the norm to chase after his approval and to live my life in anticipation of his needs. And this dynamic became our way of being. And by the time I realized I was quote unquote codependent, our patterns were so deeply ingrained in each of us in that marriage. And as a recovering quote unquote codependent, I can see so clearly now how my unconscious patterns help to string together our toxic relationship dynamics. And as a licensed psychotherapist for wounded adult children of alcoholics and narcissistic homes, you know, I became truly committed to helping people just like me and you break through the unconscious programs that keep them repeating their painful childhood experiences, denying their emotions and living life stuck, not knowing how to get unstuck, which is why I created the Women Redeemed community, especially for women who are high achievers, successful by society standards, CEOs, entrepreneurs, six figures, multimillionaires, but yet on the other side of it, 
especially in romantic relationships, because that's the mirror of the things that we need to be healed. But our growth mindset that want to break free of their toxic relationships so they can truly find love, life, and thrive in their businesses. So put the link at the top if you want to join us in the community. We are just getting started. We'd love to have you. Because when I think about my, that commitment and helping people break through from that unconscious programs that keep them repeating that painful childhood experience, because what happens is we can deny our emotions and we live life stuck, not knowing how to get unstuck. So when I finally realized, okay, Janie, <laughs> this ain't working for you, right? And this way of using the term to describe the behavior of codependency, I was as thrilled as I was terrified, right? It's like you learn something new about yourself. It can be thrilling, but it's also terrifying because it's like, ugh, it's like cutting yourself open and seeing all the ugly parts of yourself. It's so easy to blame other people. It's so easy to say the problem is out there. But when you look inside yourself and you say the problem is in here, whew, boy, it can be terrifying if you really admit to it. But however, you know, when I think about in the end, that awakening from that illusion, <laughs> I do say it was an illusion, of the past has totally transformed my entire life. No longer do I seek approval or live in fear of abandonment. When I look at those old programs of how I operated in my marriage and in, and in certain friendships, no longer do I deny what I feel or invalidate my emotions. No longer do I wait for permission to self-care. Some of you are still waiting for permission, as I heard Rocky talking about that vacation, taking time to take care of yourself. You don't need anyone's permission to take care of yourself. No longer do I feel invisible or expect others to make me feel like I'm enough. I am already enough. No longer do I accept narcissistic behavior from others mm -mm. or tolerate being abused emotionally, mentally, all the things. No longer do I live in fear of setting boundaries or of saying no. No longer do I allow misguided loyalty to prevent me from speaking my truth. Some of you are, are loyal to the wrong people, so you do not speak your truth. You muffle yourself to get their approval. No longer do I react to my own emotions. Curious, become aware, sit in them. I have learned to take my personal power back and now I want to help you learn to do the same. And I want to hear from you about taking your power back. Life is amazing once you know how to play by the rules that govern peace and love and joy and even abundance. It's a little hint, hint, hint that <laughs> I just share with you on my own walk. When you're codependent and you're living in a, in Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day position. You are living in opposition. When I look back, I was living in opposition to the very thing I wanted of love and joy and abundance. I was sabotaging my own life from this unconscious program that was downloaded from an early age that I had to make it conscious to rewrite it and face that terrifying, yucky stuff of how I was showing up in relationships. Because it's an honor 
to show the many, many people, not only in my community, but in my practice and the different experiences I've had the, along the way to help people break out of that unconscious codependent mind. Whew, it is a sabotager. <laughs> and codependency sucks. It keeps you stuck in narcissistic one-way relationships, seeking approval, trauma bond, trauma bonded relationships that I spoke about in the past, confused and full of cognitive dissonance. You know, it, it can be the very reason why some people suffer depression and anxiety and develop physical health problems, as well as to continue to attract the same old guy or the same old lady. It's just a different name. It's not Mary this time, it's Sue. <laughs> it's not John this time, it's Bob. Right, the same old narcissistic, toxic relationships. And people will say, Janie, I'm just not, I don't have a good picker, right? It's not about it being a picker. It's about sometimes what inside of you needs to be healed which is why there's an opportunity when you're attracting the same people over and over, right? When we shift our thoughts and perspective about it. Because when you're codependent, you're not looking within you for answers. And instead you continue to believe what is happening outside of you is the problem. No one, and I say no one, should have to live or die as a quote unquote codependent person, unaware they are unaware. And I know you've been around some people that you look at them, you're like, they're not even aware of their behavior. <laughs> they're not even aware of how they're showing up in the world. No one should have to live detached from their self and attached to the external world. Where we externalize, we outsource our self-esteem, we outsource our self-worth. Wow, it's a hell of a way to live. But no one should live their life operating. And that's pretty much that unconscious program. When in fact, within you, within them, within me, is the power to become the creators of our desired destiny. That's our new day, our new opportunity, where we can create the life each and every day where we wake up and we want to wake up because we can't wait to what the day holds. But if there's an old programming in the background that's still wreaking havoc, the day can wake up each and every morning and you can have that negative mindset. What does this day hold? Ready for the battle. The battle is going to come. But why not bring all you got, the love, the joy, the abundance? I'm looking forward to creating my destiny. So I want to talk to you a little bit about boundaries. And then I want to open it up. I want to hear some of you. I want to hear your, your stories, how you've turned your trials to triumphs, how you've turned your experiences integrated into your new life. But I want to share real quick, because a couple minutes, boundaries. Boundaries, I'll hear it all the time, people, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. But let me kind of give you a basic working descriptor of what boundaries looks like. They are here to protect us because sometimes people hear boundaries. They think it's to punish other people, to manipulate other people. And sometimes that comes to mind because that's been your experience, but they delineate what is ours from what is theirs. It's like a fence, your neighbor's fence from your fence, your neighbor's property from, from your property. They contain our self-worth and they enable us to go out into the world with a sense of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual safety. Boundaries gives us our sense of self, responsibility, empowerment, and so much more. But just stop and think about it for a minute. They stop us from taking on the thoughts and the feelings and behaviors of other people. They give us our confidence. They allow us to open our hearts as we protect them. Boundaries are the curators of what and who we are and what we allow in our lives. Boundaries not only create self-worth, 
They are symbiotic. They are in a symbiotic relationship with self-worth. And what I mean by that is when you create a boundary, you send a message to yourself that you are lovable and worthy of respect. And the boundary itself makes love for oneself a home. That's your homecoming. The boundary protects the self-worth that you cultivated through the act of having a boundary. So when we think about communicating a boundary, communicating a boundary gives people that high quality information they need in order to treat you in a way that honors your well-being. We teach people how to treat us. We hear it all the time. That's what boundaries are there to serve us. Boundaries are the rules of how to engage with you. You can also see them as a standard for how someone needs to act in order to access you in your heart. Because I always say, <laughs> access is currency, right? When you treat access to yourself as you would treat your money, you would be doing things a lot differently. But access to your you and your heart, life with healthy boundaries is a life with energy, joy, and peace. And knowing where you begin and end leads to a sense of love, power, and freedom. I know I had to learn that. I learned it the hard way, unfortunately, by having no boundaries at one point. <laughs> In a sense of giving people permission to take advantage. So it creates thriving relationships and allows us to express true generosity. So how have you broken your old habits or implemented boundaries to protect your new way of moving in this world? I would love to hear a few voices from the breakfast table before we turn it over to, to the beautiful and wonderful Kate uh, Volman. So flash your mic if you want to share how you've integrated your old habits and you created a new sense of being. We'll start with Mary Lynn. Good morning. Good Mary morning. Lynn. I just love your voice in the morning. It's so your accent, something about the tone. It's so soothing. I love it. Thank you. Um, well, when I moved from St. Pete to Tampa, I drove across the bridge and I screamed and like released a bunch of negative <laughs> feelings. And one of those things is I separated from my friend, two friends actually, but one had been my best friend um, since I was 15. And I realized as I was growing and getting ready to move, she made me feel really bad when I was around her. And then I noticed my other friend made me feel really bad when I was around them. So I kind of started what I think is a boundary and I'm still learning about boundaries is I'm not going to be around people who, who shoot down my dreams or are shooting down. Oh, you, why are you moving? Oh, but when you were 15, you did this. Oh, you're not that person. You know, you really like, you know, and dismiss my, my growth. So I think that's been a new boundary for me, not being around people who like dismiss my growth or make me feel bad. So I'm hoping that's a boundary, Dr. Janie. And that's just what came up in my gut. So thank you for letting me share. Absolutely, Marilyn. Thank you for sharing because there's some valuable lessons in that. And one that I mentioned earlier is sometimes we can have this misguided loyalty. And that's exactly what I heard is this misguided loyalty to the people who knew you when you were 15 or the people who that knew you as you were growing up and you no longer are that person. But sometimes when we are creating our new life and our new habits, we also have to do them in the face of those who supported our old habits in our old life. And that means sometimes we have to cut people off 
if they are destructive to us. Or sometimes I like to say that we have to reposition them. It's like, this is Mary Lynn's stage of life. And not everyone gets to have the VIP section in the front row. Sometimes they got to be moved to the balcony <laughs> where they no longer have that up close access to you. Or sometimes I like to say we also got to get the bouncer to kick them out <laughs> of the of the of the um, the auditorium. But you know what that means to me is that when we think about when we're around people, and this is where this is a good exercise for all of us when we're around whether it's our inner circle or people that we interact, and this includes family. And we feel bad about ourselves, or we feel like we should be doing something different, then maybe they're not, not the necessarily the right people to share our dreams or our hopes. And that is access. As I talk about access is currency. Not everyone gets to know Dr. Janie's inner dreams and her inner desires and the things that she's working on because you can be a dream killer. So we have to know who people are in our life. So I know who are going to be the ones who are going to be the cheerleading section and the supporters and those who don't have the capacity. And that's how I think of it, Mary Lynn, the capacity to hold space for my dreams or for my desires because it's too big for them. And that's, this is what I mean by too big for them. It's kind of like we're trying to give a, we're trying to put a gallon of water in a, in a liter bottle, right? Some people just don't have the capacity because I always refer back to this beautiful, um, analogy that I heard T.D. Jakes make in his book, um, Soar, I believe. But he talked about, you know, we're the giraffes and we can see the horizon. We see the vision. We see the land. But sometimes that giraffe is bending down and trying to share their vision with the turtle. <laughs> and that turtle could only see what's right in front of him, <laughs> right? So it doesn't make them wrong. It doesn't make us right. It just makes it different that we have a different view of life. And we may necessarily not necessarily have to share it with those that are closest to us. Because those that know you, Mary Lynn, when you were 15, maybe those turtles, they only see, you know, the Mary Lynn at that time where they can't see that you've grown and that you are a new person. So the, the tragedy for us, which sometimes hurts us, which also is the muscle of growth, is that we realize that we can no longer be who we need to be around the same people. And that's that repositioning them. So that is a healthy boundary. And I believe a lot of people are served um, from hearing hearing that. So thank you so much, Mary Lynn. How about let's take one or two more uh, comments and how your own experiences of integrating old habits and now making a new life. So we'll start with um, Sh Shanna, I believe, and then we will go to uh, Dr. Dooney. So Sh Shannon, if I'm mispronouncing your name, please correct me. Shannon, go on once, two. All right, well, we'll go to Dr. Yep, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were talking to me directly. My name is pronounced Shana. Oh, Shana. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Shana. It's okay. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Good morning Chance. Um, in terms of uh, hmm, this topic, is uh, rather interesting to me. I believe I was talking, I, I have a question more so. Um, then a comment, um, <clears throat> and it speaks to a conversation that I had with someone just yesterday, and we were talking about something, um, that I wanted to uh, bring to the forefront and it wasn't me like stuffing it or not, um, dealing with the emotional side, but it, it was rather me, uh, wa wanting to, um, lead from a place of honesty 
and um, share a story. And the person happened to be my mom. And when I when I mentioned um, what had happened before, it was like she was in a state of denial. And I, um, I, I was anticipating that particular reaction. And I told, well, she asked if we could have a conversation in person. So I want to be um, sensitive to how she may still be feeling. And I recognize that we're in two different places when it comes to that past experience. But I would love for us to collaborate um, and for her to be on board to help serve others and, and come um, forward with uh, our experience because it was a shared experience. What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question, Shannon, because that mother daughter adult relationship can be tricky for a lot of people. But a couple of my, my thoughts on that is that when it comes to relationships from an adult child to a parent, that you yourself have to make sure that you are in that adult role. It's real easy, no matter how old we are, I can think of myself in the situation as well. When we get in our space of our parents, if we're not aware, we ourselves can go into a little girl mode and want our parents' approval. So that's the first thing. We have to be aware of how we show up as an adult child in our parents' space. And then secondly, obviously not knowing the context, kind of give you some templates, is that when we are working with someone who may have a limitation because of their denial state, which may have served to help protect them. And sometimes I even look at my own mom's limited amount, her limited thinking and her capacity as a way to keep her safe from things that are unprocessed and unhealed in her own life, which to your point is called denial in certain situations. But if your mom is inviting you to have this conversation and you want to move into that conversation with sensitivity, a couple of highlights is, is show up as your best empowered adult self. And then how you deliver that information is I always like to say a sandwich approach to kind of create analogy in your head. So that sandwich approach is what the, the, the sensitive things would be the meat in the middle. But the way that I would start that conversation, if it was me and my mother, is I would start that conversation by giving her some level of gratefulness and appreciation. It can be, you know, thank you so much, mom, for for wanting to meet with me to hear my heart. And, you know, I love you so much and I want us to continue to have this relationship, whatever that may be for you. I would start with that to kind of create instead of just going straight in for the meat. And then I would invite my mom in that sense that, you know, I really appreciate you wanting to have this face-to-face -face conversation. And I would tell her what my intentions are first is it's important to me that you just allow me to share, you know, my experience and you just hear me out. And I'm not necessarily asking, um, I'm not asking you to necessarily comment on my experience, but first let me just share my experience. Because this way you're setting up the stage by sh sharing your intention. And then internally, even before I would go, I would go to that meeting with my mom, Shannon, I would make sure that I'm not tied to the outcome of the meeting. And what I mean by that is when we show up in these tough, sensitive conversations and we're tied to the outcome of how someone, how we want someone to react or how we want them to receive it. We're going to be going into that conversation probably a little bit ill-equipped to be able to handle difficult emotions that show up. So I would prepare myself to realize that no matter how my mom reacts or how she responds to my information, 
it doesn't matter. What matters to me is that I show up in my best empowered self and I'm sensitive to how I share this information to my mom because she may be in denial and she may be unprocessed of these shared experiences. But my goal is that I can finish my meal, so to speak. And that means I'm so in control of my emotions and how I show up in that space that nothing is going to ruin my appetite, even how my mom may react to it. So not being tied to the outcome. And then in that sandwich approach, the other part of it is closing with some type of, you know, I really appreciate you hearing me and taking time to meet with me and listen to what I'm ha- what I have to share. I really hope that you can hear my heart and know that this was my experience, whatever that may be. So that's a couple of things is to prepare yourself to not be tied to the outcome, to make sure that you're showing up as your adult self and not the little girl self, because a little girl can kind of take over the bus and wreak havoc and then use a sandwich approach to think through what you're saying and that you're saying things in a way that it's your experience and you're not trying to get her approval. I hope that was helpful. I do. But so the thing is, is that my mother is one strong lady. And not to say that I'm not a strong lady, but I also have to remember that she's my mother and I have to be respectful to her. Whether it's, um, a, as an adult, I still have to respect her, right? And it's like finding the right words to, to really uh, communicate to her that this is something that um, needs to be shared and getting her on board with sharing. How would you suggest I do that? I would say exactly what you just said is that, you know, mom, I respect you. And there's some things that I need to share with you. That's important that we're on the same page. So I'm even asking you to consider what I have to share. And you may not necessarily have a response for me today. This way it takes the pressure off, but Mm -hmm. it's important for me that you consider so that we can be on the same page and that you're on board with, you know, said project or what I'm doing. I would say exactly what you said, because as I'm hearing you, I can hear the trepidation in your voice. So I can tell that there's probably some dynamic between you and your mom that's causing you to feel that way. So what I would do is I would be prepared to whatever would be what I call the potholes. When you're in a sensitive conversation with someone who, yes, is your mom and you're respecting, but yet you also need her on board, is I would think, what would be the potholes that can happen that can deter me? Because again, you can't control your mom and her reaction. You can only control how you show up in that best self. So I would say, because how you just said it to me felt really comfortable. So I would say exactly that. It's important, mom, that at some point that you get on board with such and such. So right now, I just want you to consider what I'm saying. And if you can just let me share my thoughts and my feelings and my my why behind this and just consider it. Because I think with these relationships, if we take the pressure off, um, especially our family relationships and allow people time to process and consider, sometimes that's helpful. And I'm sharing that obviously without knowing all the nuances of the of the relationship. But I certainly appreciate you sharing that. And hopefully that was helpful. But if there's something else that I can help you with, feel free to, to DM me. Uh, and thank, thank you so much, Kate. Yeah, you're most welcome. Thank you so much, Kate, for allowing us to go over. I do want to just go to Dr. Doomy because since I did um, say that she can share and then we'll turn it over to Kate. So go ahead, Dr. Doomy. Thank you so much, Dr. Jane and Lucy. I absolutely love the discussion. Um, my point was basically about those people who not only have the sense of loyalty to others, but have a sense of loyalty to a concept, um, a cultural expectation, um, or perhaps some some norms that uh, people 
perhaps have put in place for them to do and just being able to break away from that and um, one of the things that I utilize um, especially going from that <laughs> chronic people please estate to a state where I could potentially speak and say I'm standing in my truth was very importantly I created my space and I call that my sacred space a place where it's like a holy ground, a place that surrounds me where my energy is generated and flows. And there are certain people that can be in that ground. And there are certain people that would need to watch from afar. And being able to do that is such a powerful thing. I just wanted to share as well. This morning, I was having a reading, basic scripture from, with the children. And it was about the story of Joseph sharing his, story, his dreams with his brothers and his family. And they, they were so angry with him that they sold him off as a slave. There are many times we share our dreams with the wrong people. We need to recognize that, come into communities like Breakfast with Champions, connect with people in a space where you are celebrated, not tolerated. Thank you so much for all that you shared today. And Dr. Dumi, and I'm done speaking for now. Thank you so much, Dr. Dumi. Just to kind of um, reiterate, um, in case it was a little bit difficult to hear you, but two things that I heard um, that I want to pull out and then turn it over to Kate is that, again, be mindful of who we share our dreams with. Sometimes we can have the right package and we can be delivering it to the wrong address, right? So not everyone deserves to hear our story and not everyone deserves to have access to our dreams, our desires, and the things we're working on. So know who you're talking to because there are dream killers out there. And the second thing I heard was um, sometimes, I'm going to put it in my words, that we are operating from these norms and narratives and sometimes we have to step back and realize where do these norms and narratives come from, right? For example, like in, in, at least in, in, in the world, sometimes we can celebrate how long people have been married. You know, yeah, clap, they've been married for 30 years, but yet he or she in that relationship have been abused for 30 years and have done and just have been committed to being committed and yet we celebrate, right? So where are these narratives and these norms come from and sometimes when we step back and understand from what we are operating from that template of life it can truly truly set us free so thank you so much for sharing and all of those at the breakfast table i hope that you continue to reflect on your yesterday only to integrate your experiences and to truly walk out your new day your new life your new moment because today is a new opportunity and this is dr janie lacy and i'm Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.